their longtime friends. Let me tell you something real quick about Dibs that I'm sure not everybody knows. <laughs> and first-time partners. Hang in there, big guy. There'll be brighter days ahead. Now these two homegrown Bay Area boys finally come together to take over sports talk. Get the hell off of my doorstep. Major League Baseball, you stink. It's Willard and Dibs. <laughs> On 95.7 The Game. That is uh, Willard and Dibs. Dan Dibley sliding over to the big boy chair. And my main man, Larry Kruger, stepping in. Rocking the Krug Show podcast t-shirt. Always good to have you, my brother. Especially in a week like this as we count down until Cowboys Niners on Sunday afternoon. Man, this is a great day to talk sports, man. You get Warriors-Celtics tonight, yeah. rematch of the NBA Finals. Warriors haven't been there since, what, June? I think I do remember the last game, Warriors-Celtics in Boston. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of an eventful game. So I'm looking forward to that tonight. And then, of course, NFL playoffs and the Niner game coming up Sunday. And something's got to give because Dallas is playing well and the Niners are playing well. And only one team can move on, so it's going to be good. And by the end of Sunday, we will be down to those last four teams. Conference championship weekend. It looks like the NFC game will be at noon a week from Sunday. And the AFC game might be in Atlanta if Buffalo and Kansas City both advance this weekend. The neutral field, the 3.30 Pacific kick. It'll be prime time out in the east when those two teams tangle. 888-957-9570. The question that we're going to open with here is something that Larry kind of addressed with the boys in the changeover. Who scares you the most uh, on the Dallas Cowboys? Is it Dak Prescott, who's played very well since coming back from injury? Is it the aforementioned Tony Pollard, who has become an absolute tour de force at running back? Is it Micah Parsons? Is it C.D. Lamb? Love to hear from people. Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. Who scares you on this Dallas team the most? Well, I mean, it's it's definitely Micah Parsons. I mean, Micah Parsons is it reminds me of Lawrence Taylor. I mean, he's not as strong as Lawrence Taylor, but he's fast. He's he hits like a truck. He's got un. Believable instincts, and they run kind of like a five-man surface. So it's like a, it's like they have a four-three, but then Parsons is always at the quarterback. So you got Demarcus Lawrence, you got the kid Osa from UCLA inside, who's a major pass rusher, and then you got Parsons. So I, to me, it's Parsons. Parsons has a little bit more speed than most rushers. He's got more speed than any rusher they've gone up against, I think, this year. He also has more ability to change a direction. So I think this gives Brock Purdy his stiffest test. We've seen Purdy do a really incredible job of either hanging in the pocket and making plays or escaping the pocket and extending plays. And he hasn't had to get away from an athlete this skilled, this fast, this uh, versatile as as Micah Parsons. So that to me, to me, if if you could take one player off the field and say, ah, you know what, he's just going to miss this game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you get a healthy scratch. Yeah, healthy scratch. Uh, Micah Parsons, and he did take the you know the knee to the thigh in the Tampa game. So maybe he'll be less than a hundred percent. I mean, that's probably wishful thinking, but. 
Yeah, Micah Parsons, and then on offense, I think it's I think it's Dalton Schultz, the Stanford tight end. He caught two t- touchdowns last week. He is Dallas's number two receiver. It's you know Gallup's a nice player, but it's Dalton Schultz, and the Niners have done an incredible job against line against uh, tight ends with their great linebackers. But to me, it's Schultz, and I love that matchup in terms of you know if it's going to be Fred Warner against Dalton Schultz in terms of the underneath routes. If the Niners do play man. I know they play a lot of zone, certainly uh, in, in certain down and distance situations. Micah Parsons, when he's going to rush, is that the McGlinchey side or the Trent Williams side? Does he traditionally come on the left side of Dallas's defense? And if so, how big of a test is this for Mike McGlinchey? Well, he's the right outside linebacker, I believe, and so I think he's more times than not going to be the lined Trent up on Trent. Side. Wow, what a matchup! But they're going to move him around. I mean, they're going to move him around. I would expect to see Parsons all over the uh, all over the formation. Um, and and, and here, here's the thing about it. McGlinchey is obviously the guy they want to go at. Um, so if they can go at McGlinchey, I think, you know, and if they can overload that side, um, you know, I think that's going to be really interesting to watch. I think the Niners have done some really interesting things as far as overloading a side and trying to pick on a particular side of the line with their stunt game. In this one, to me, the big key is going to be the 49er defensive line against the Cowboy offensive line. Can the Niner D-line move Dak off that spot? Can they play those choreographed uh, games that they love to play, the TE and the ET stunts, right. and, and send guys in your corner blitzes and you know sending guys from all different directions? you got to make Dallas's line, which has kind of been reconfigured. McGovern's at guard now. They kicked the rookie Tyler Smith out to left tackle. Right. You got to make, they haven't logged a lot of, there's not a lot of continuity there. Make them communicate. Yeah, under it's pressure. Got to be a Nick Bosa game too. He's been pretty quiet the last few games. Uh, teams are really keying on Nick Bosa, making other defensive linemen try to be the ones to beat you. And I think this is a game where Nick Bosa definitely needs to make his imprint. Well, Kyle Shanahan will weigh in on the other side with who he's most concerned with on the Dallas side of things. But give us a call, 888-957-9570. Who scares you on this Cowboy team? The spread has moved back to four. It's been three and a half and four. It's been kind of toggling between the two numbers. So we are getting some action here on a Thursday coming in on the 49ers, which... Man, counting it down to this game, we are now three days and six hours away (laughs) from kickoff. Larry, 78 hours away, and uh, man, it's just getting more and more hyped as we get closer. Get geared up for the playoffs with our store. You know, we have a merch store now, relevant t-shirts, DPOY shirts, merch from every show. Get yours today at 957thegameshop.com. That's 957thegameshop.com. Dot com And tune in to Warriors Live on 95.7 The Game, presented by Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic Wi-Fi, unbeatable internet, only from Xfinity. We'll talk Warriors and Celtics today as well. But I want to hear from the people. Who scares you on this Cowboy team as we get set for the divisional round at Levi Stadium? It's Willard and Dibs. Krug in for Willard. Come on back right here on 95.7 The Game. Out of bounds, or he's taking a shot to the end zone. This 
is scary because I would take a shot to the end zone here when they're in the sideline defense because you actually can hold on to the ball. You need someone, San Francisco, to get to the quarterback here. Westcott takes off running the football. Whoa, I don't think this is going to work out. It will. They'll be able to clock this. They were playing for it. It's oh. down, down. Oh, my gosh. Oh, the official gets in the way. The game's over. The game is over. Oh, he did. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Oh, the memories. Slide gate. That was Romo and Nance from CBS from last year, Larry, when Dak Prescott slides down thinking he had time to clock it, but not so fast, my friend, because the umpire must touch the football before the ball can be deemed ready for play. 3 2 one zero. The game is over. Niners win. Cowboys lose. It's a great game to watch. Niners went there and, and started off the, the first drive running it down their throat with Elijah Mitchell. I'm interested to know if Shanahan will use Mitchell this week or if it's going to be all McCaffrey. But I think one thing you can say, Dibs, Dallas is better than they were last year. And the Niners are better yeah. than they were last year. Niners last year were 19th in the NFL in takeaways. This year, they're second on defense. They take the ball away. And I think that's going to be the difference. I think it's absolutely going to be a factor. And I mentioned this to Mark earlier. If you look at the Niners and the giveaways, when they turn the ball over two or more times, they're 0-4. Four. four games this year, they lost in all four of those games, they had two or more giveaways. So it's not only just the takeaways where they've been remarkable. If you look at their run over the past, I think, eight or nine, they've got at least one, usually two takeaways in every game. And Brock Purdy's a rookie. He's not turning the ball over. And this team's not fumbling, knock on wood, and Purdy not throwing a lot of interceptions. You know, you mentioned turnovers. The most amazing stat I think I've read this week in preparation for Sunday, the 49ers... When they are even or plus on turnover margin in games this year, 14-0. and 0. Man. When they are negative in turnover margin, 0-4. So win the turnover battle, you know? And, and who's more likely to turn it over? Dallas has got a ton of pressure up front on their defense, a lot of speed, Parsons, uh, and a rookie quarterback, but... Dak is the one who's got whatever he's got, eight, nine picks or whatever uh, in the last 10 games or so. He's he's the one who's probably more likely to throw the picks. Yeah, and this defense, as you mentioned, has been so great at taking it away. We'll talk to Matt Barrows coming up at 10 o'clock. All guests appear on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. I know you were down at 49-49 Centennial yesterday. Yep. So all these Shanahan cuts we're going to play probably just a refresher for you. It's a, it's a repeat because you were down there listening to Shanahan live, but he actually weighed in first on what he thought of Dallas after their win over Tampa. They're a good team. They've been at all year. Probably looked at their best on Monday night, um, which you expected them to, um, just with the atmosphere and everything. But I mean, they've been good by it for a while, and just watching this week, it reminds me of their team from last year and only improved. And to your point, only improved reminds him of last year. Only improved, Niners better as well. What area do you look at for Dallas in terms of them being better? Is it just as easy as Tony Pollard running better than Ezekiel Elliott did last year? 
Well, I, I think they're better in a couple areas. I think I think they're better because Parsons is older. I mean, Parsons was a rookie last year, so I think you know he's he's quite a bit better. And I think Dallas is just deeper. Um, they're deeper up front. You know, now they have Demarcus Lawrence, but then they also have Dorrance Armstrong, who's got ten sacks. They got Parsons. Uh, they've got Dante Fowler. They've got Sam Williams. They've got more rushers up front, and then in the back end, they've got great depth in the secondary. Guys like Israel Mukwamu. Uh, and Kelvin Joseph and Malik Hooker and these guys. They've got some really good DBs behind their starters. So I just think they're deeper up front and deeper in the secondary. It's Triple Eight Nine Five Seven Ninety Five Seventy. Who scares you from this Dallas team? Larry said it is Micah Parsons for me. It's Tony Pollard in a in a ground game that the Niners have shown a little bit of vulnerability in their run defense of late. So I'm just concerned about the Niners being able to control Dallas on the ground in terms of, you know, being able to avoid letting Dallas have short yardage. And then, you know, if you've got Dak in third and one or third and two, I think then he becomes a much more potent two-way threat against this defense. Yeah, I mean, first and second down is going to be key because what you – can you get the third and manageable – or is it third and long? You know, if it's third and long, advantage defense on yeah. both sides. But if you can get the third and manageable, now that's advantage offense on both sides. So, to me, I'll tell you another concern. I got a big concern on Diamador Lenore. Can he play with poise with the ball in the air down the field? Because kind of like Washington a few weeks ago, when you look at Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb, they can make plays down the field, but they also have great ball skills down the field. They got speed and ball skills, kind of like Terry McLaurin, kind of kind of like Jahan Dotson, and you know uh, Wenicky and Wentz made some plays in that game against the Niners secondary. And that's where it comes down to the pass rush being able to exert and influence this game. And and like you said, if it's third and long, then all of a sudden the 49ers are in a great spot to where if you can get home with four and you cover with seven, then you're not as worried about Dak Prescott. You know, being able to pull it down and make plays with his legs. If you have to bring additional personnel, you got to bring five, you got to bring six to get pressure on Prescott. At that point, he can pull it down and break through. There won't be nearly as many defenders, certainly in the middle of the field, then he can do some damage with his legs on third and short. I'm expecting D'Amico uh, Dibs to play kind of, you know, play, basically play his guys deep, force Dallas to play underneath. See if they'll make a mistake and get into, you know, behind the sticks. And then you get to a second and 12. And now you're one defensive play away from a, a big third down, third and long situation. So I think the Niners will play conservatively in the first half uh, defensively and just hope that Dallas works underneath and makes some mistakes. Yeah, Ben, but don't break. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen the Niners giving up some big plays. And we talked about Hufanga in the changeover. He's... He's made some mistakes with his eyes that have resulted in big plays for the opposition. Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. What scares you about this Dallas team? Kyle Shanahan was asked, and he said it's the Cowboys' defensive line. Um, I think starting with their D line. I mean, it just Dan Quinn jumps off the tape to me there. Um, the way he gets those guys to move. I mean, they got some real good rushers. Everyone knows about Lawrence and Parson, but I mean, there's not one bad one there. Um, the way that they stunt, the way they can create one on ones. Um, there's a reason they're number one in getting to the quarterback with sacks and pressures, and um, it does jump off the tape. Yeah, I mean, that's where you talk about Micah Parsons and the ability one-on-one. And I hope that they line him up against Trent Williams a lot. If I'm Dallas, I'd probably put him on the McGlinchey side more often. But we talk about individual matchups in this game. 
and Micah Parsons on a bit of a Hall of Fame trajectory with his career. Trent Williams is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, the one thing uh, Tampa blew last week was they left Parsons unblocked. And it probably was three or four times in the game that I saw it. So that can't happen. That can't happen even one time. No, it's a recipe for disaster. And the one thing we haven't seen from Brock Purdy is we haven't seen him get pressured a ton. And we haven't seen, you know, he's been sacked, but we haven't really seen him get to a spot where the eyes start to come down the field. He's felt so comfortable. They've protected him so well that he's been able to continue to look down the field. And if Micah Parsons is able to get loose early in this game, and if Dallas is able to get a lead, Brock Purdy might actually show a little bit of that that shell-shocked vulnerability, and you, you can't fault him for that. He's a rookie in a huge spot. Yeah, I mean, he's been he's been incredible, I think, in that he's quick, he's decisive. The one weakness I think we've seen is, you know, we saw it a couple games ago. Uh, we saw it against Arizona, where he got too, too much escaping out the back door. Right, and as you talked about, close turning your back on the defense, pivoting. There, you know, Tim Ryan's calling it the Purdy pivot, where he pivots to the right or left to escape out out the back door. This last game, that first drive, you know, he, he's he, he he drops back to pass. He's I think it was second and goal from the three. Drops back to pass, scans the field to his left, sees nothing, then sees Nwosu, um and Irvin peeling off the edge, and he starts to feel that pressure. What did he do? He took a decisive step forward and then quickly looked to his right and in one motion got it out to McCaffrey in the flat for an easy touchdown. It looked easy, but it was that decisive movement of stepping up in the pocket and releasing the ball with accuracy. He makes it look easy, but he's got to he's got to not try to sk- skate out that back door because yeah. those those can turn into a a punt, right? Because then all of a sudden you they sack you and you're minus fifteen on the play and you're second and twenty four. Right. You know that that's a recipe for disaster. And it also makes you vulnerable for the big hit. And we saw it on that pass to Ayuk in the corner where he rolled, he rolled, he kept the play alive, and he held the ball for so long. And finally, the one that Ayuk dropped in the corner, he took a quite a big shot on that play Brock Purdy did and that's something that you got to hold your breath a little bit because he does hold the the football trying to make things happen which is great but to your point it, it leaves you vulnerable for uh for potential calamity. Well, and don't get I mean you saw in this Dallas game against Tampa, I forget which Tampa D lineman it was, but one of the Tampa D linemen bounced on Dak Dak Prescott while he was on the turf and kind of tried to drive him into the turf. Dallas knows the 49ers don't have a legitimate backup. Nothing against Josh Johnson, but they don't have a Jimmy Garoppolo sitting there ready this week, right? So if I'm Brock, I'm taking, I'm getting rid of the football and I'm not taking that hit because I, if I would, I would not put it past Dallas to get a vicious hit on the quarterback and trade that for a 15 yard penalty if they can hurt him. That's what Bill Romanowski would always say when we would have him on a weekly. It just sometimes you got to take a 15, right? And that's where. The Niners don't really have, they have a backup in Josh Johnson, but he's very, very lightly tested, and the drop from Brock Purdy to Josh Johnson is quite severe. 888-957-9570. What scares you? Let's go out to Travis in Oakland. Uh, Travis, you're not on. Oh, there you go. You're on 95.7 The Game. Travis, what's going on? Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for uh, taking my call. Sure. Who scares you, Travis, on this Dallas team? Yeah, I got to be honest, and maybe I'm taking crazy pills or I'm just on a cloud of, like, disillusion and (laughs) false reality, but I honestly have to say no one. 
Um, I've been listening all week. I'm, I'm between jobs, starting a new job on Monday, thank God. But, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk around the Niners' shortcomings. And I feel like we're kind of looking past maybe some of Dallas's stinkers, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Micah Parsons is a great player. Like, I'm not going to say that he's not. But if you look at some of their performances, they gave up, what, 40 to the Jags, right, and blew that lead. Right. Um, what did Green Bay hang on, though? I think it was 30-plus. And then even in the last week, guys, they were playing. They were trying to play for the one team, and they gave up, what, 30 different commanders. And, and I think at some point, I mean, I didn't watch. I could be wrong. But I saw Dak play, and I saw all their offensive guys play. Maybe McCarthy pulled the starter second half. But, you know, when Philly was in control of the game. But let's be honest. <laughs> if we want to be concerned about Josh Jacobs gashing the Niners or, you know, Kenneth Walker running hard in Seattle seeing in that game first half last week. Let's call it spade a spade and let's point out some of those stinkers that Dallas has laid on the defensive side of the ball. I even left out Gardner Minshew hanging 40 on them. Um, the last thing I'll throw out, right, if we go back to last year, like, yeah, they're, okay, they're better, they're deeper than they were last year, but in last year's game, Jimmy Garoppolo, if I'm not mistaken, he got hurt, right? He got hurt, like, hurt another injury in that game. Right, and right. in the second half, with 5 of 11, 45%, 39 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. We should have beaten them by double digits. I expect better from Brock, uh, rookie or not, right? Let's stop moving the goalposts back on the kid, and let's let him play, and let's let him ball out. Shanahan saying the D-line scares him. You know he's going to scheme something up. I'm not worried at all. I think we're going to win by at least 10. Would love to hear your guys' thoughts on all of that. Thanks so much for taking my call. Right on, Travis, and uh, congrats on, uh, on the gig, being able to... Get a job. Start a new job on Monday. That's exciting for you, Travis. Way to go. New beginnings. New beginnings. Yeah, no doubt. I, I will say this about Jacksonville. Jags ran for 7.1 a carry against Dallas. Man, 7.1. That's a gaudy, huge number. And if I'm if I'm the 49ers, I'm, that's my goal. Is is I'm running the football yeah. a lot at Dallas, and I'm making them prove that they can stop it. And then if I'm Shanahan, I'm looking at that Dallas Cowboy linebacking core, and they've got Parsons, who we know is more of a defensive end, Anthony Barr, more of a defensive end. I, I don't think any of those guys are great coverage players. Barr, Vanderesh, Parsons, make those Dallas linebackers play coverage, and then let's see what they got. You know, I, I don't think any of the, I don't think any of those cowboy linebackers can hang with the Niner weapons yeah. in coverage. Well, especially with the scheme, and you've got McCaffrey who you can flare out to the slot. You got Debo Samuel, and of course George Kittle, monster threat. And what a renaissance for his season since Brock Purdy has taken over. Ironic that his bestie Jimmy Garoppolo was having trouble finding him, and all of a sudden now Mister Irrelevant Brock Purdy comes in. And George Kittle has been lighting it up. Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. Who scares you on this Dallas team? And coming up, I'm going to share something from Tony Dungy, Larry, that I think is a huge advantage for the 49ers. But first, Derek in Richmond. What's going on, Derek? What are you doing? Hey, uh, doing good. I'm hoping the 49ers going to win. Uh, one person in Dallas that no one has been talking about that scares me is that big old tight end Schultz. That's a big boy. And I'm not sure who in the 49ers and that can hang with them outside of our uh, linebackers. That's all I got to say. 
Yeah, thank you, Derek. Uh, yeah, Stanford Schultz kid is uh, something that you've been you've been talking about, Larry, a lot. Well, he's got two touchdowns this week. He is their number two receiver if you look at the numbers, and he's got great. You know, he's not a strong inline blocker. He's kind of built narrow, but what he really is is a good receiver with a little bit more speed and a lot of height. I'll tell you the the other thing that you got to remember with Dallas's receivers: Schultz is tall. C.D. Lamb will go up. Gallup will go up. You know, Not only do the Niner DBs and linebackers need to cover these guys, they need to be you know competitive at the catch point with the ball in the air. Because the one thing that we saw last week against Tampa, when Prescott, you know, and when he goes and throws those 50-50 balls uh, to his receivers, first of all, we know who his receivers are going to be. It's Lamb, it's Gallup, and it's Schultz. But he throws the ball up. He lets them go up and yeah. leap for it. So, not only is Lenore and the Niner DBs and linebackers going to have to cover these guys, they're going to have to go up and, and, and contest those balls and try to high point them because that's that's kind of the way where Dak wants to miss. He's not going to miss left and right. He's going to miss high or low. And I and to me, I think he's going to try to go high because he knows his receivers will go up and get it. Yeah, and Dalton Schultz, very physical, as you mentioned, a couple of touchdowns last weekend. So here's something from Tony Dungy. Great coach and uh, now broadcaster. He points out the huge advantage for the 49ers, and it's the travel angle. Dallas had 52 hours less in terms of rest than the 49ers. Niners played the opener on Saturday last weekend. Dallas had to play all the way until Monday night, deep into the night on Monday night. And Dallas has to make two flights. So they fly home from Tampa to Dallas, not a short hop. And then Dallas to San Francisco, the Niners were home. They have 52 hours of extra rest, and they didn't have to go anywhere. How big of an advantage is that for the 49ers? Not only the rest, but the no-flight factor. I think it's huge. I think it's absolutely huge. Dallas plays in Tampa, flew back to Dallas, then has to fly from Dallas to San Francisco. The Niners, for the last, what, six, seven weeks, been hanging out in the Pacific time zone, and they barely have ever left. They've been sleeping in their own beds more times than not. Um, And as somebody who used to do quality control, an extra day means a lot. The Niners had more than that. They had played Tampa, so they already had a game plan for Tampa. As soon as the Vikings lost their game, the Niners could have easily jumped right in full bore on an all-Dallas preparation, right? even not knowing who was going to win because they were already prepped for Tampa. But then, you know, I asked Charles Amenehue about this yesterday in the locker room. I said, Charles, is there a real advantage? And he's like, well, you know, you could say that, but when we get out there on the field on Sunday, we ain't going to be thinking about, hey, we've had an extra day and exactly. a half. But I so, think that what you're talking about, the prep, and you could have started prepping for Dallas at halftime of that game against Tampa because it, it didn't look like Tampa had much of a shot after Dallas. Dallas got up, I think, 24 to nothing in that ball game. Kyle Shanahan yesterday was asked about this very thing, the rest advantage. I mean, I think it can be advantage. Sometimes it can be a disadvantage. So I know the obvious ones. Um, you know, you get less rest, less time to recover. You know, I love having more time and stuff. But man, sometimes you feel like you can't play those Thursday night games and you get to it and your team is just off the wall because um, they just they haven't slowed down at all. And by this time, it, I don't think it is about recovery. It's about detail and it's about executing and it's about playing at a high level. Once you get to games, especially in the playoffs, that recovery, I mean, people forget about pretty quickly. And I mean, just watching the Rams last year, I mean, they beat the Cardinals as good as anyone. And then they flew all the way to Tampa. And I think they were up 28-0 to at halftime. So. I don't think that means anything. 
I mean, he said he said kind of both things. It can mean something, but then again, it may not mean something. And he kind of echoed what Charles Amenahu said to you in the locker room, Larry. Well, and, and okay, there's game planning, and then right. there's rest and recuperation. Two different things, I think yeah. in game planning, there's advantages. Um, but then I think the real advantage is in the rest and recuperation. Now, everybody's dinged. Everybody's got something. There, if you're playing NFL football and it's January, you're still going. You've been doing it since July. It's one you of my got, favorite you, cliches. This time of year, no one's 100%. Right, everybody. You know, you know the old saying is, uh, you know, I know you're hurt. Tell me when you're injured. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So everybody's hurting. But I would say Shanahan's right on the money. It's going to come down to execution, offensively, defensively. I expect the four. The one thing I love about the Niners' defense this year is that not only do they have depth up front, talent up front, but they're playing intricate games up front and they're and and the continuity in the players they've had, they're doing this really they're carrying out these games at a really high level. But it's also just about awareness and preparation. Give you an example. Dallas Maher with his, you know, nightmarish game against Tampa. It was the field, Larry, if you hear them. Uh, he and Brian Anger <laughs> talking about it. Maybe it was the field. It's a bottom five field in the NFL. But I think if you're the 49ers, you got to talk to your defense and say, guys, we need to expect that they're going to go for it on fourth down. Right. We need to expect that they're going to go for two-point conversions. We need to be really buttoned up on what they do in the two-point game and what they do in in, in a four-down situation. Expect a four-down. Expect a exactly. two-point. Don't be surprised by it. 888-957-9570. Larry in for Mark today. It's Willard and Dibs. Let's go out and look at life on the other side, Larry. Chris in Richmond. He's a cowboy fan. Chris, what are you doing? Gentlemen, gentlemen, appreciate your time, number one, man. I've been listening to you guys for a long time, first time caller. I've just been hearing a lot of the, uh, the calls, and I've watched every game as a cowboy fan. I'll be at the game. Uh, you know, George Kittle, unstoppable man, but we're not going to have a linebacker. I probably believe it's going to be J. Ron Kurtz with a big rangey safety. Uh, the running game, as far as uh, getting chewed up by the Jaguars, Having Jonathan Hankins out, I think that made a big difference. Having him in, I think, makes a big difference. Um, it's going to be a tough, tough game, but I think they're underestimating us uh, a lot. Not going to win, but it's going to be a fun, fun as they say, slobber knocker. It's going to be yeah. a tough, tough game. That's one of my favorites, Chris. Thank you. Uh, slobber knocker, Larry, one of my favorite <laughs> expressions. That and rock fight. I, I don't think that this game is going to be quite the rock fight. If you go back 10 weeks when these two defenses were the two best defenses in football, I think they both have kind of come back down to earth. And I do think that the Niners offense right now, and it's funny we had this conversation in the changeover, Niners offense right now better than the Niners defense. I mean, I, there's reason to believe it is. I mean, the 49ers are scoring 35 a game right. under Brock Purdy, you know? So, um, and there's, you know, and, and there and, and this talk like, oh, my God, this is the best defense. No, it isn't. Tampa was the best defense they, they faced as far as statistically. Yeah. And you could claim Washington had a better defensive front than Dallas has. So, I don't know. This idea that, man... Brock Purdy hasn't faced the kind of defenses that he's going to face in these playoffs, really. The defenses he's faced already are higher ranked statistically than Dallas, than Philly, than Kansas City. You know, so... Um, and people talking strength of schedule with this Niner team and how weak it's been, but anytime you win 10 in a row and now 11 in a row against other NFL teams, to me, you miss me with that uh, strength of schedule 
argument. If you're on hold, stay there. We're going to go to Matt Barrows. Coming up next, the road to Glendale begins now. Brought to you by Merrill West Credit Union. Working for you today, tomorrow, together. It's Willard and Dibs. Kruger in for Willard. Matt Barrows joins us on the other side right here on 95.7 The Game. Steph Curry and the Warriors return to TD Garden for a final.